Next on BYUSN, how does men's hoops take down St. Mary's tomorrow night? And if this is the last time we see the Gales at the Marriott Center, will we miss them? Ooh, good question. Let's break it down. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Friday, January 27th. I'm Jerem Jordan, alongside a guy who has his own version of the St. Mary's face, maybe. Dave McCann. Takes a lot to bring it out. We all have one. Uh, it's another snow day in Provo. It snowed for like five straight months I or know. so it feels. It's been wild. The grass is going to be really green at Lavelle Edwards Stadium come September. Hey, we, we always talk about droughts in Utah. You know, hopefully that goes away with all the snow we've been We're having. working on we'll, it. We'll see. It is, uh, it is a great situation today because we got St. Mary's in town tomorrow. Lots to talk about on the show. But first off, it's St. Mary's Eve, Dave, which means we need some St. Mary's faces from you guys. Remember when Spencer did this? A few years ago, just thinking about BYU losing to St. Mary's. St. Mary's face was born. This seems like like the doctor just called and said your colonoscopy's on Tuesday. <laughs> you actually look have to re- look. you actually have to redo it. Um, <laughs> so send in some of your best St. Mary's faces. We've already had a few great submissions uh, at Googs 53 with this one, uh, which is in gift form. Yeah, this is good. Yeah, this is almost devilish at this point. Yeah, just ah. <laughs> uh, just like you smelled the worst thing ever. At CPA Coog, the best St. Mary's face was this one. Mean Muggin from TJ Hawes that's after a, beating the Gales. That's a years ago. classic snarl right there. That was three years ago. Can you believe that was three years ago already? How would you like to guard that? That guy with that look right there, snarling at you. Ideally not. Um, you know, that reminds me, when Matthew Delavadova would show up, he'd have the elbow pads and the mouthpiece. And I always say, beware the mouthpiece guy. I, I, a guy wore a mouthpiece to two. Oh, here was, here's another one. At uh, 201 TDS. Greg Romano. <laughs> That's pretty good. His lower lip. That's yeah. pretty good. And Delavidova's mouthpiece looked like it was too big for his mouth, just so everyone could tell that he had one in there. Yeah. Beware and, the mouthpiece guy. He wants a rough situation. Yeah. He's not coming in to be your buddy. So no. keep sending those in. We'll show uh, the best ones throughout the show. Big show today. Here's what's coming up. The great debate. Uh, who benefits the most from a win tomorrow for BYU? or St. Mary's, who's chasing the league title. Play-by-play announcer uh, Alex Jensen for the Gales is going to join us. We'll ask him about his biggest memory uh, in this short-lived I wonder what rivalry. it is, Dave. Hmm, I wonder. <laughs> and he's got a unique history about what we think he's going to talk about for sure. And, and Lauren Gustin, are we watching the greatest rebounder in BYU history? And we're not talking just the women. BYU men and women. We just may be. Here are today's headlines. Women's Hoops beat St. Mary's 74-59 last night in Moraga thanks to a career-high 25 from Nani Falatea. Another 20-20 from Lauren Gustin. How about that? Shout-out to Barbara Walters. Rest in peace. Cougars play at Pacific 5 Eastern tomorrow on the WCC Network. She might bring that show back all by herself, 2020. She might. The BYU men host St. Mary's tomorrow night at the Marriott Center. The Gales are in first place in the league. They're ranked 22nd in the AP Top 25, but the Cougars have beaten St. Mary's four straight in Provo. How about that stat? I think we forget. BYU's won four in a row against the Gales. A little home cooking. Let's go. Cougars in the NFL, repping in the championship games tomorrow. Fred Warner and the Niners play against the Eagles on the road. Andy Reid and the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes injured, but seems like it's Going fine ankle, host Cincinnati. Two big games tomorrow. Who do you like in those games? I like Chiefs at home, and I like the Eagles at home as well. Blake Freeland's ranked 62nd in the Pro Football Focus list of the 101 best players in college football 
for 2023. PFF writes, quote, Freeland was one of only two offensive tackles in college football this season to earn top 10 grades as both a pass protector and a run blocker. It's going to cash in here in just a little bit for those two reasons alone. Also, Caleb Hayes and Harris Lachance playing the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl on Team American. That's tomorrow, 6 Eastern on the NFL Network. Hayes even got a shout-out as a standout at yesterday's practice from NBC Draft analyst Eric Froten. Possibly more Cougs going in the draft? Yeah, I think Caleb, probably an undrafted free agent kind of guy, but just to get in that situation and get in the league would be awesome. So he's, he's doing great, sounds like. Eric Mika had 22 points, 11 rebounds, and 4 assists, and a 116-99 loss to the Salt Lake City Stars yesterday for the G League Ignite. Fun convo with Eric that aired on the show yesterday. 12th-ranked BYU men's volleyball taking on 6th-ranked UC Irvine tonight on the road. Cougars fell in three sets back on Wednesday. The match starts at 10 Eastern time. They'll try to skip a town with a split. A Scott Sterling-like moment Wednesday night. I put it out on my Instagram if you want to see it, where Mix Romanus hit one of the UC Irvine guys in the head, and then he just fell on the ground. <laughs> just, like, flopped on the ground. It was pretty funny. Hopefully he's all right. Uh, gymnastics is in Logan tonight for a meet with Utah State, 9 Eastern on the Mountain West Network. Rebecca Ripley continues to wow with her Barbie floor routine. If he's anything like Scott Sterling, he'll be back on the floor <laughs> he'll, tonight. He'll be back in there. Track and field at the Razorback Invitational this week. At Arkansas, the BYU men are number seven. The women are number 20. Cougars will contend against 15 other programs with nine of them ranked in the top 20 events. Start this morning. They run through tomorrow. This is a, a pair of teams ready for the Big 12, and they have been for a long time. Absolutely. This is a running school. Women's tennis reignites the season today at Weber State. That includes Mark Pope's daughter, Avery, seen right here, part of the team. Swim and dive teams are at Utah today and tomorrow. The men coming off a first place finish, women third place at the Air Force Invite. Just one more meet now before the MPSF championships. You almost forget that uh, the MPSF has more than men's volleyball, right? I, I didn't even there. know that. There you go. There, and, and fun fact, uh, indoor track and field's MPSF, outdoor track and field is independent. No one knows or cares. They're all going to the Big 12 except for men's volleyball next year. That's a fun fact. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. Tomorrow marks the end of an era. The final home game with St. Mary's as BYU member of the West Coast Conference. It's a big one for those reasons. The Gales are ranked in the Marriott Center for the first time in five years, ranked seventh in Ken Palm, sixth in net. Owen BYU has a two-game losing streak after last week. So, Dave, how does BYU beat St. Mary's tomorrow? Turnovers. Limit them. That's how they've lost all of their games. BYU has 362 turnovers on the season. That's more than a that's 100 more than St. Mary's. That's the difference between first place mm. And, and where BYU's at, because when you think of a turnover, you think of a possession. Yep. Even this last road trip, BYU went through and they lost to San Francisco and they, they lose to Santa Clara, and they gave those teams a combined, I believe it is, 34 extra possessions. In games they could have won, but they said, by the way, we're going to try to beat you today, and we're going to give you the ball 34 extra times. That's How do you beat a team like that? You don't. Uh, even in the Gonzaga game, uh, had one more turnover than Gonzaga, but they lost by one point. Trim the turnovers, you win games. 
So I think against a team that's as defensively minded as St. Mary's, BYU has got to protect the basketball. What do you think? Yeah, I think that plays into it. And BYU's 340th in the country, bottom 25. 22% of possessions, BYU's turning it over. Are you kidding me? One out of every four? That's way too much. Somehow, you've got to get to 70. Because under Mark Pope, BYU's 75 and 19 when scoring 70 plus. 17 and 16 when scoring sub 70. But getting to 60 is even hard on the St. Mary's team. They allow 57 a game. Fifth in the country. Certainly the way they play the game, which is a deliberate offense. Some say slow. I would say deliberate. They're hunting a great shot. They never take a bad shot, even at the end of the shot clock. Metrically, this is the greatest St. Mary's team ever, which is wild to think about. They've been to a Sweet 16. They had the Della Vadova, Jock Lando, Emmett Nar teams that were incredible. We'll talk to Alex Jensen coming up, uh, their play-by-play voice, and, and break this down. But they don't give it away. They have a nine-game win streak, fifth best in the country. Oh, by the way, the offense is 35th in efficiency. They are sixth in defensive efficiency. They do everything great. And they added the WCC Newcomer of the Year in Aiden Mahaney. He's this freshman from two miles away uh, from campus whose buddy is Randy Bennett's son who's on the team. He's probably always wanted to be a Gale. You're going to see him. He leads the team at 15 a game. Like, he looks like... Um, you know, a freshman that would just be an American heritage at BYU. Dude can shoot it. They rebound well, which BYU does as well. I think that's going to be important in this game. But that, that energy and that effort from the Gonzaga game against St. Mary's is going to be needed. It's always a different matchup. BYU matches up better with Gonzaga because they play similar styles. Nobody matches up really well outside of, like, 90s Princeton teams in Virginia with St. Mary's because they dictate the pace they don't turn it over, and they shoot a high percentage. So this is BYU's toughest game of the season to this point. They have not played a team, one, like this, or two, as metrically high in net and Ken Palm as the Gales. Hopefully BYU can do what I, meant, I said to somehow compete and or win this game. They've found a way to do it the last three times the Gales have come here. That's, that's four. That's four times, three times under Mark Pope. Uh, what's maddening about the Cougars and, and what gives them a fighting chance tomorrow night is despite the turnovers, then you look at some of the other stats. They lead the league in uh, their third in assists. They lead in steals. They lead in blocks. They're one and two in offensive and defensive rebounds over the course of the season. They're holding teams down. They play defense. They do these things, but they're number six in scoring because they give the ball away so Mm -hmm. much. Limit that. Stick to what you do. You stay in the game because of all these things, rebounds and defense, and now you have a fighting chance. And that's why you see Mark Pope on the sideline of these losses, and he's, he's like beside himself or whatever. Yep. It's, he knows what he's dealing with. Yep. Um, but there's still enough good coming off his team that's like you can't give up on these guys. They're in all these games. The only game they haven't been in was Utah Valley. One double-digit loss, which is wild. I I think about two players that uh, I think BYU needs to have big games from. Spencer Johnson has scored three points in 49 minutes against St. Mary's. He's certainly capable of scoring 15 to 20 in this game. And then Rudy Williams is an enigma right now. Certainly last week had amazing performances, but they were in uh, – not completely garbage points, but like BYU was down by enough in these games to where it was like, just well, shot every time. there were catch-up points, if you will. Um, but against Creighton and Utah, and that's why I say the enigma, against Creighton and Utah, he really helped BYU win those games because off the bench he scored 26 in consecutive Saturdays. So will quad one Rudy show up for BYU? 
And can Spencer Johnson be a difference maker? Certainly in the post against Mitchell Saxon, who is a talented post uh, for St. Mary's. Foose has got to have a good game. He's in a little bit of a lull. He scored 23 points the last three games. Dallin Hall is going through that post-mission freshman January lull that I mentioned could show up. Gideon George has been MIA for a month, it feels. BYU needs him. BYU needs Jackson Robinson to make a couple of threes. Mm. I think BYU at home certainly is a different team than on the road. But this is, a, this, this is an opportunity here. And hopefully BYU understands what's at stake here is if you can somehow win this game, it really helps you down the stretch. Because what is BYU playing for at this point? Still hoping for the NIT. You'd have to have a nice run at the end of the season. You're also hoping to avoid a Thursday appearance in the WCC tournament for the first time ever. Not be a 7 through 10 seed. 6 or 7 seed is a very realistic situation for BYU potentially right yeah. now. And that's not how you want to go out in the WCC. You know what I'd do if I was the coach, and I'm not? I would start Rudy Williams over Dallin Hall. I would. Make I mentioned that, that this week. Is now the time, Dave? Dallin's, Dallin's in this freshman wall type thing. BYU falls behind in every game now. And remember, against Gonzaga, they're down by eight. There were a couple of baskets from getting blown out early in that one. You get down by eight to St. Mary's early, that might be it. But there's been a pattern these last handful of games that we're going to fall behind, and then we're going to charge back. And how are we going to make it close? Rudy Williams is going to shoot all the shots down the stretch. Um, you put the senior back in and say, hey, look, you know, Dallin Hall is the future of the point situation at BYU, no question. Maybe it'd be good now for him to sit back and watch a little bit uh, and, and the kind of flip-flop roles that they started the season with. Rudy started, Dallin came in, Dallin was a little better controlling the ball, running the offense. You know what? I'd, I'd switch him back. Yeah, I, earlier this week I, I said I think now's the time to consider that. So we'll see if BYU does that coming up tomorrow. Are we sad to see St. Mary's go away? BYU will wrap up the WCC. This is going to be the last time we will ever see the Gales at the Marriott Center. Randy Bennett doesn't like to leave his own house, <laughs> let alone bring his team to the Marriott Center uh, for a tough road game. So this is going to be it tomorrow night. Are you sad to see it go? No, I'm not that sad to see it go. I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed the vitriol. I've enjoyed the, the sports hate, not actual hate, as I talked about yesterday on the show. No, because BYU has been building a new house. We're waiting for the construction to be done. We're excited about the uh, quartz uh, countertops and the cabinets and the, in the Big 12. It's going to be an upgrade from a house. Certainly, it's more in a more expensive neighborhood. The mortgage is more expensive. But new neighbors, new situation. I think BYU is ready for this. Um, it's been awesome to get to know Gonzaga and St. Mary's in this way. Other schools in the league, maybe not so much. Um, there have been moments that are like, what, what was that from BYU and different sports? WCC has been awesome. No disrespect to any, any, anybody in that regard. It was a place that BYU needed to be. Yeah. We did not expect BYU to have its main rival as St. Mary's. This has turned into something with Waldo throwing his mouthpiece and the Dell of a Dagger and the choke sign from Eric Mika and so on and so forth. Competitive games where both teams are bubblicious type programs with really good coaches and, and Randy Bennett and Mark Few and Dave Rose and Mark Pope now. It's been fun. But I am too excited about the new neighborhood. I'm too excited about Baylor, Kansas, Houston, Kansas State, who's actually the best team in the league right now in the Big 12. Even Texas Tech, who's 0-7 in the league coming into the week. I'm excited about that game because that team's been to a Final Four in the last six years. So no, but I will 
have, uh, you know, some good memories from this situation. BYU lost a lot of momentum when they left the Mountain West Conference. Uh, they were a contender in that league uh, year in and year out, and that league had grown to be highly competitive uh, with the clash with San Diego State even, even towards, uh, and towards the end. They lost that momentum going into the WCC, and then they're up against one of the best programs in the country that they beat three times in Spokane. More than any team in the league has won in Spokane over the course of, the, of BYU's history in the league. But outside of Gonzaga, and the only reason Gonzaga was big is because they're number one or number two. If we were playing an unranked Gonzaga team every year, I don't think we'd care much about that one either. No, it's because they were competitively good. And it was like yeah. we had to be at our best to even play with them. Yes. St. And Mary's, I think they elevated because of BYU in oh, the yeah. league. Yeah. They're, they're, they should be credited, number one. But I think Jim or Fredette scared the crap out of Gonzaga in Denver, where they go, yeah. oh, my gosh. They're going to start taking over this league, and so they elevated. Yeah, and, and then BYU hasn't been the same. Yeah. had some great players, but yep. haven't had great teams, um, I, except for a year or two. But, but I, think, uh, I think we won't miss St. Mary's for a single second. It was a fun game because it was competitive. There are more competitive games coming. Got a bunch of St. Mary's. Um, but, uh, but, you know, it's been a fun game. That's it. It's not Wyoming, Colorado State, all those things that we had all those years of heated rivalries yeah. for a variety of reasons. So uh, it, let's enjoy tomorrow night, and then that'll be it. Yeah. Well, and one more game in Moraga, one more game in Spokane. Yeah. And hopefully a couple in uh, Vegas. We'll see. Our question of the day is this. Are you sad to see the rivalry with St. Mary's? And send in uh, your, your answers on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Travis underscore Tingy on Twitter. I recognize they have been good partners in getting us to the big dance, but I'm ready for a rival with a big gym and a national brand. We will find that in the Big 12. For some reason, BYU fans, we, us, are offended by the idea of a small gym. A small gym doesn't mean the program's small. Duke has a small gym. This just in. We just play. I, why does that matter so we much? We don't play great in the small gyms, so let's blame the gym. So we're going to play better in the big gyms just because they're big? <laughs> in front, yeah. We're going to go to Kansas. We're going to play better. So much gym measuring. Uh, continue to weigh in on social media. BYU TV is your home for pregame coverage of tomorrow night's game against St. Mary's with BYU Sports Nation Game Day. We're on the air at 9 Eastern Time, followed by live play-by-play on ESPN2 and BYU Radio at 10 Eastern. Big Saturday night on BYU TV. This is a picture of me saying something super interesting to Tyler. <laughs> Coming up, Alex Jensen, St. Mary's play-by-play, previews the matchup. This is BYU Sports Nation. Hey, he's a friend of me of the program. We are in Studio B with your day-to-day Cougar Sports play-by-play. Jerem Jordan alongside Dave McCann as the Cougars prepare to play St. Mary's tomorrow night, the end of an era of BYU as WCC member with the Gales. To preview the matchup, no one better to talk to than our frenemy, Alex Jensen, the play-by-play voice of the St. Mary's Gales. Alex, welcome to the program. We hope not for the final time, but maybe. It's good to see you guys. Yeah, it's it's crazy to think that this is going to be the last WCC matchup between these two teams at the Marriott Center. There's so much history. I'm sure we'll get into it. But uh, I'm glad to be on, and I'm excited to be in Provo. If this last game could be as good as your first game here at the Marriott Center, then Saturday night's going to be one for the ages. What do you remember from that? 
No question. Uh, yeah, my first game in the Marriott Center was the Dell of a Dagger. And uh, we were just talking about it. That call is gone, man. I have no idea where that call I mean, It certainly wasn't recorded. Uh, but this has been a great rivalry, you know, and it kind of it, it didn't start there. I remember the year before there was a really heated game between St. Mary's and BYU at the Marriott Center. Uh, the Gales won, and the next year was the Dell of a Dagger. Uh, so, yeah, it was. I, I remember the environment, um, just you know, the first time really being in an environment where there's that many people, um, and you know, that much passion for their team, which is what I appreciate so much about the, the BYU fan base. But yeah, just that play was. I mean, you guys saw it was. It was insane. I, I had a front row seat. I was right there. He took off right in front of me, and to hear to you know to go from Tyler Hawes's shot in the middle of the key. To, to that was was crazy. I've been hooked ever since, man, on this on this rivalry. I've been putting together the uh, you know pregame show with our producer Hema Hamuli for tomorrow night uh, ahead of the contest on ESPN Two and BYU Radio, and I've chosen not to include that for obvious reasons. Uh, but when you talk about this rivalry, because when BYU entered the league, we we had certainly circled okay Gonzaga, St. Mary's was in there, but I don't think we expected this to become what it's become. Why is BYU and St. Mary's what it is, in your opinion? Well, I think both teams have kind of, you know, helped taken each other to the next level. I know that's certainly the case with, with BYU as far as it concerns St. Mary's. You know, BYU has helped elevate uh, the Gales program. But these two teams have been fighting for the same spot, you know, for the greater portion of 11, 12 years, however long BYU has been in the league. And, you know, you throw in moments like the Delva Dagger. I heard your... Uh, interview with Eric Mika uh, yesterday or a couple days ago, Jerem and the and the choke sign and Moraga. I mean, you know, this is a rivalry that's only going to last in WCC play for you know a dozen years or so. But it has really burned hot with moments like that, moments like the Eric Mika, um, you know, choke sign and Moraga, and some of the vitriol that's gone back and forth between both fan bases and both teams. You know, really in 2000, Jack Landale's senior year. BYU in the in the WCC tournament kept the Gales out of out of the uh, NCAA tournament. I mean, that was a team that I think should have made it anyway. Of course, you know, and there's no reason to go down that rabbit hole. But I'm going to miss it, man. I'm really going to miss BYU in the league. I think everybody is. I think everybody knew that this was, you know, that this was coming at some point. Um, but I think it's been a it's been a relationship for as heated as as it's been between BYU and St. Mary's. It's been something that has certainly you know, helped elevate the Gales program and given them a little bit more notoriety nationwide. One thing that has been fun to watch in Marriott Center games is there's the game and then there's the other game, the relationship between Randy Bennett and The Rock, BYU student section. <laughs> Why is that so, uh, so unique? I, can't, I, I couldn't tell you. I mean, I, you know, from my experience with Randy Bennett, he is a thousand percent locked in on what's going on on the floor. And if, you know, there are any, you know, if, if the rock feels like he's doing anything in their direction, I can almost promise you that it is not on purpose because his mind is a thousand percent on what's going on on the floor. And that's, what's made him such a good coach. You know, he's two wins away guys from, from 500, yeah. by the way, I do want to note that, uh, you know, if, if the Gales, he'll, he's going to get there this year. And that's just an incredible accomplishment for somebody who went, uh, who took over a team that was two and twenty-seven at St. Mary's College? You know their gym at that time looked a lot more like Pepperdine's with the you know the wooden bleachers. Uh, but in, as far as the relationship with the Rock, you know I, I don't really get a chance to to notice that. 
But, uh, you know, I, I think that any interaction that's happening there is probably from Randy Bennett's perspective, a total accident. Maybe a little maybe there's a little bit because, you know, I mean, the Gales or the visiting team walks into their locker room right under the student section. Right. So you can't help but get a little up close and personal. But, you know, I can tell you from my experience that Randy Bennett is 100 percent locked in on what's going on on the floor. What do we need to do? Uh, on this next possession, how do we need to execute our scout? That's what's going through his mind. Maybe afterwards there might be a little bit of chirping. I haven't seen it personally, um, but it, 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 you know, as well as I know Randy Bennett, I, I can tell you exactly that. That's what's going through his mind. I think there's a little bit. The there, there's a little bit in there because a lot of coaches <laughs> come in here, but the Rock knows when Randy Bennett comes out, and uh, it makes it, it it makes it fun. I was at a weird game. <laughs> well, uh, was Jer- it last year? Yes. in Utah State. I was doing stats for yes. CBS Sports Network. And I go up there, and Randy has this weird interaction uh, with Utah State, storms off, kind of waves to the crowd, (laughs) and then is out. And I was like, vintage Randy Bennett. (laughs) It was awesome. You know what? From my perspective, I saw him walking off the floor, you know, raising the fist (laughs) Oh, yeah, the the fist bump. (laughs) It it was – I mean, the whole interaction was was strange between, uh, you know, he and the Utah State staff. There was some stuff going on back and forth over the last couple of minutes. Uh, I don't know what all that was about, but his reaction was priceless. It was like BYU watching two ex-girlfriends fight. It was just like, I don't know why, but it was really enjoyable to see. Let's talk about this St. Mary's team because this, I mean, metrically, this is the best St. Mary's team ever. Uh, Seventh in Ken Palm, sixth in defensive efficiency, 35th in offensive efficiency. Watched a couple games, obviously prepped for this game. I'm really impressed by what St. Mary's is. It's hard for me to think, hey, this is better than some of those Landale, uh, Della Vadova, the Sweet 16 team a while back. But, hey, uh, on paper, this could be the greatest St. Mary's team ever. So what is going so well right now? Well, you know, I think when you compare this team right now to the beginning of the season, and a lot of people forget that with the return of Logan Johnson using his COVID year and Alex Dugas and Kyle Bowen coming back, other than that, this team was pretty young. You know, Aiden Mahaney's a true freshman. Mitchell Saxon's starting for the first time. Augustus Marshallona started about 13 games a year ago, but was in and out of the rotation, really. Um, you know, Levitt Bockler uh, decided to head back to Estonia and play professionally over there. So you, there's not a whole lot of experience here. So I think what we've seen over the last few weeks is, you know, these guys are starting, you know, Aiden Mahaney is starting to understand the offense. Guys are understanding their roles. They're getting comfortable with their roles. And you mentioned the defensive numbers. You know, I mean, Randy Bennett, uh, you know, told Steve Croner after the the Santa Clara game, and I, you know, I can see it with my eyes. This team doesn't have a bad defender. And you know, going back to that 2020 year, that COVID year, um, you know, this team really adopted a, a gritty mindset. In fact, their their team motto a year ago, and they've kind of carried on to this year, was "gritty, not pretty." And for the uh, <laughs> for the NCAA selection show, they made T-shirts pretty, not pretty. It was pretty cool. Uh, but when you combine that mindset with, you know, what has become a really good offensive team, and as I mentioned, guys figuring their roles out, Aiden Mahaney has been is, is dynamic. You know, I kind of compare him to an Alex Barcelo type, uh, maybe a little bit different, but, you know, you can compare him to a bunch of different guards throughout the West Coast Conference. But when you combine those two things, the attention to detail, the individual talent, um, and the cohesion, this team's connected, man. I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot like last year where it's a connected club. Everybody kind of buys into the culture. Uh, they've got maybe a little bit more talent than they had, uh, a year ago at, at some, some certain spots. It's, it's been a lot of fun to watch, but again, I think, you know, over the last few weeks, uh, the biggest difference has been, and since that three game losing streak in particular, uh, at the end of November, 
and beginning of December, you know, that these guys are really figuring out where they fit in, figuring out their roles and understanding, you know, what is being asked of them. Alex Jensen, voice of the Gales on BYU Sports Nation this morning. St. Mary's will be here tomorrow night in front of 18,000 fans, a little bigger than the Moraga 3500. With the experience that you just described and the, the, the success that you're having, uh, what's the crowd going to do to this uh, Gales team coming into this environment? Yeah, well, they haven't played a road game in this type of environment yet. They've played three road games so far this year. That's kind of the way college basketball is going right now. You know, with a team like St. Mary's to get good games, they've got to play on, you know, on neutral courts. Um, but, you know, I, I really I, I wish you guys were able to make it out to Moraga because while that place only seats 3,500, I'm not kidding you. It gets as loud as any other gym, any other arena in the country. I, I don't doubt that at all. There's just nowhere for the sound to go. But in terms of a road environment, I mean, we'll see, you know, uh, the core of this team and, you know, the senior leadership has played in environments like this. They played at Gonzaga. They played at BYU. Um, you know, they played in the NCAA tournament. They played at the Maui, you know, and, and while those places aren't the same type of environment as the Marriott Center, um, you know, they have that experience. Now, how will it affect some of the some of the younger guys? I mean, I think the jury's kind of out. Um, I, I don't get the feeling being around this team. I mean, you take Aiden Mahaney, for example, this kid is not afraid of anything. I mean, he's, he's really, he, he's got the confidence that when he walks in, you know, he's one of the best guys in the gym and he's not afraid to shoot it. If he's not having a good night, he's not afraid of the moment. Um, and that's just what I've seen so far. Again, he hasn't played in front of 18,000 people who are wanting him to fail. So, you know, in terms of a road environment, you know, the crowd's been outstanding in Moraga this year. And we can say, you know, it's, it's it, you know, I, I can feel the jokes coming at me already from the viewers. You know, it's easy to fill up 3,500. I get it, man. But you ask some of the BYU guys that have played there in front of a sold-out crowd, that is not an easy place to play. But on the St. Mary's side, as you mentioned, Dave, it's a lot different when everyone in there is rooting for you to fail. So, um, you know, how does that play itself out? I don't know. Well, I think we'll, we'll find out a lot in the first, you know, eight minutes of the game. I think Stanford would pray to have 3,500 people at one of their games. <laughs> yes, and, and, we, and we get a good Bay Area joke, right, as well. Um, we, we get it, too, because uh, men and women's volleyball fill up a 5,000-seat venue, and it's one of the best volleyball environments in the country in Smith Fieldhouse. Yeah. So, yeah, we absolutely get it. But earlier you made a joke about the Pepperdine gym. BYU fans love a small gym joke. They just do, so well done <laughs> by you. Do you feel like right now, and Sean Farnham does, VSPN, that St. Mary's is the best team in the league? We're certainly going to see it in uh, two games with the Zags coming up the rest of the regular season. Yeah, I've always been of the idea that the champ is the champ until you knock them off. Now, I know that's not your question, but, you know, Gonzaga, let's not forget, they still have wins over Alabama. They've beaten Xavier. Uh, they've played a really tough non-conference schedule. So I think right now St. Mary's is playing better than Gonzaga. You know, I think in Saturday's game, if Saturday's game were tomorrow uh, between St. Mary's and Gonzaga, I think St. Mary's would probably be favored, especially considering the fact that the game's in Moraga. You know, I, I just I, I considering who Gonzaga is and who they've been uh, over the last two decades. You know, I, I hesitate to say St. Mary's is a better team than Gonzaga. I think they're playing better right now. And I think that the Gales are still getting better. Um, but I, I hesitate to go there, man. I just do. I, I know the karma that's going to come down upon me and the Gales if I say that St. Mary's better than Gonzaga right now. So I'll say the Gales, I think, pretty clearly are playing better than Gonzaga right now. I mean, their average margin of victory in the WCC is almost 22. I mean, that's what we're used to seeing Gonzaga do. 
right? Um, and they've played a lot of similar teams, a lot of the same teams at the same venues that Gonzaga has. But I, again, I stretch to knock off the champ until the champ's been knocked off. So St. Mary's is playing better than Gonzaga right now, but I don't think I'm ready to go all the way there yet. LMU went up there and beat Gonzaga, uh, which opens the door for St. Mary's uh, yep. to, to win this regular season title, which would be an upset considering everything you just said about Gonzaga, especially the way they started the season. Uh, so what does that mean for tomorrow night's game? Now that the door's been opened for the Gales to actually take down Gonzaga in a game where they're not even playing the Zags, but they're coming to BYU to play, uh, who's, got more to, who's got more to lose tomorrow night, St. Mary's or BYU? Well, I think if you look at it in, in the big picture, right, and listen, I mean, this, this team wants to win a WCC championship, regular season, tournament, you know, whatever. Um, you know, if you look at the big picture, St. Mary's loses this game. They're still in a good position, I think, going into March. On the other side for BYU, and I'm sure you guys have talked about this quite a bit, if BYU loses this game, now they're four and five in the WCC. They're staring at, a, you know, I mean, you know, fifth, say, I think they're in fifth right now. Could drop them down to six. USF is playing better. Um, and, you know, it just, it, it kind of muddies the picture a little bit. I think both teams need this game. Um, you know, I think BYU is going to be the more desperate team uh, coming into Saturday just because of where they sit in the standings right now. You, I mean, you want to avoid that first day at the WCC tournament as much as you possibly can. I mean, neither St. Mary's or BYU has been there. Um, but that is a gauntlet, man. I mean, I think it's what five wins in six days or four wins in five days. You've got to, you know, three wins in four days to, to even get to the WCC championship game. And I think, you know, in Vegas, considering the way Gonzaga is playing right now, it's going to be a little bit more open than it has been over the last few years. Um, so I think playing for that seating is really important. It's really important. Um, so, I, you know, I, I mean, I think it's important for, it's, I think it's a big game for both teams, you know, for St. Mary's winning on the road, uh, is it's obviously tougher than winning at home, right? And you get that one in hand. They've already got Santa Clara and, and USF. You get that one in hand. You've already got a game on Gonzaga. Like you said, it just it, it gives you a little bit more of a cushion, right? You have another tough game out of the way uh, without taking a loss. But at the same time, for BYU, and again, I'm sure you guys have talked about it. I mean, they're in an interesting place in the standings right now, and it just feels like every single game is going to have an impact. When we, by the time we get to Vegas, you can circle so many dates on the calendar and say, if we wouldn't have slipped up here, you know, we would have been playing on Saturday for the first time instead of Friday. You know, those, all those games are going to be super important when you look at the middle of those standings and how close all those teams are. So it's important for both clubs. I mean, you know, the Gales to win a WCC championship, getting this one would be massive. Uh, but again, for BYU, where they sit in the standings right now, man, I mean, you do not want to be anywhere close to 7 through 10. So I think BYU is going to be the more desperate team, but that does not mean that this is not a big game for St. Mary's. St. Mary's has not won in the Marriott Center since 2017 when it was ranked 22nd, and the Gales come in tomorrow ranked 22nd. We'll see how it goes tomorrow. No BYU send karma for you. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> thanks for joining the program, Alex. Safe travel. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, good to see you. I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Thanks for having me. We'll see you. Alex Jensen, Voice of the Gales, joining us. Yeah, it's, it's been a wild uh, ride with St. Mary's. I, we did not expect when this began, when the WCC era began, that St. Mary's would be that kind of hated team in the league. I think we thought it would be Gonzaga. No, Most no. of our fans don't even know where St. Mary's. They don't know where Moraga is. Yeah. It's like, I, I well, have, we're playing over there a couple games. 
I have not been to Moraga. I do want to see a, a game there. I'm not sure this year's going to be that, or it'll have to be a random game in the future, I guess. I don't Sounds know. like it's the loudest place. Sounds ever. beautiful, yeah. yeah. But we can appreciate that in the Smith sure. Fieldhouse. Absolutely. We get a small gym, big environment there. Hey, we invite you to join Greg Rubel and Mark Durant on the radio as our coverage of BYU and St. Mary's begins at 9 Eastern time with Cougar pregame live. That is Saturday night on BYU Radio. Coming up in the whip, Fred Warner snubbed. Would Aaron Rodgers to the Jets be good for Zach Wilson? And this is the last weekend without the Big 12 football schedule, we hope. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This is BYU Sports Nation. To interact with the show and get great content throughout the entire day, follow us on our social media platforms there's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Here's Dave, I am Jerem. Let's whip it. Google Whip Around is presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Here we go, Fred Warner. Not a finalist for NFL Defensive Player of the Year. Is this a snub? No. Uh, Nick Bosa, Michael Parsons, Chris Jones, incredible players. Fred's awesome. He's the best middle linebacker in football, but uh, no, not in that top three, top five, but certainly I think a top ten defender in the league. All good. Yeah, I think I'd give it to Micah Parsons. Incredible. Dominant this year. Playing with a club. <laughs> Just getting it done. Reminded me of Ossie Antonetti men's volleyball. Like his sophomore or junior, left hand just wrapped up, just hitting the ball with a big club. I don't even know if that would be legal nowadays, but it was fun <laughs> to watch in the late 90s. Will this be the last Friday in which we don't know the Big 12 football schedule? You know, it's like Paul Revere's ride. You know, if he'd, if he'd taken that ride four or five times saying the British are coming, by the fifth time, people go, you know what? They'll be here when we see them. Uh, it's been kind of that way with the schedule, except everyone has said the end of January. Even Baylor's AD saying, saying Tuesday, which would be the 31st. It's like everyone said something. Yeah, but no one said anything beyond next week. That's the, that's the caveat. I think it'll come out Tuesday. So this should be the last weekend without the Big 12 schedule. More controversy with the Big 12 schedule or the fact that Paul Revere probably wouldn't have said the British are coming because he was British. The thing is, when he, <laughs> when he did ride, people listened to him. He's like, we are coming because we're all from this country? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> if it was his third ride through, people go, there goes Paul. <laughs> Paul keeps coming through. <laughs> crying wolf. So maybe the wolf will stop crying on Tuesday. Yeah, let's That'll just... be one of the biggest days in the history of the sports program. Let's just get the schedule right. It'll schedule. be exciting. Lauren Gustin, another 20-20, 20, 20, 20 points, 20 rebounds last night. Nani Falatea with her third straight 20-point performance. Mm -hmm. Which is more impressive? I'm going 2020, uh, mainly because uh, I think it is, and Lauren Gustin's on my fantasy basketball team, Nani's on uh, Spencer's. But the fact that Nani has elevated her scoring is really big for this team as they aim for at least uh, three seed. Gonzaga and Portland and BYU feel like top three teams in the league. You want to be a three or a four seed. You want to be the three almost, too, so you can avoid probably Gonzaga uh, until the championship game. But this BYU team's getting better, which is exciting. They've won eight of nine. They're winning because of Nani's points. They're in games because of Lauren's rebounds. If she continues and Lauren's to get putting up 20 22. Stuff, yeah, but but this is an additional. Yeah. This is 45 points combined score. last night. That's pretty good. And that's how this team is, is yeah. putting it together. So both important. And, and Gustin's on track to beat Tina Gunn-Robinson's single-season rebound record in school history and on track to beat Mel Hutchins. Single season rebound record. Two incredible players in BYU history. So we're we talking are, about Mel We Hutton could be just. very well watching the best rebounder 
in the history of BYU. It's special. It really is. Speaking of special, BYU fan El Guapo on Twitter posted the following yesterday. Tom Homo was the model for the Sailor Cougar. Convinced me I'm wrong. To which Tom Homo replied, no, my mustache was thicker. What do you think, Dave? Is Tom Homo the model for the Sailor Cougar? Uh, no, he's not. <laughs> it's not even close, right? But let me not enough you, wee scares. Let me tell you what Tom Homo is. He is the he is the backbone behind this BYU getting to the Big 12. He is the he is the guy that's taking them from here and taking them over here. Unlike any other administrator type in the history of the program, uh, his mustache is awful. I'm glad he doesn't have it. <laughs> It was well-groomed. But where would BYU be today without Tom Homo as the athletic director? And so for that, he's the, the model for whatever BYU wants to be. Would BYU still be uh, in the Mountain West, question mark? I mean, Tom's taking BYU, like Brigham Young, Tom Homo's taking BYU into the yeah. wilderness and then eventually settled in, right? And he's had good people around him, but somebody's had to lead the way. Yep. And, uh, and he's been that one of the most important figures in the history of BYU sports is Tom Homo. Absolutely. I'd go probably LaBelle one, and then there's a real argument for Tom Homo, too. No whip question here, but more of a news item of note. Greg Kite's home broken into in Orlando, Florida. Among the things taken, his two Celtics championship rings. Uh, and we, we encourage everyone in Orlando to look yeah. for those. Bummer. Uh, there was tens of thousands of dollars of... Uh, of uh, jewelry taken from his home. The, his wife and kids showed up, and the burglars were still in the house, and they ran out the back That's as scary. they came in. It, just a horrible, frightening situation. Greg said, fortunately, uh, everyone was okay, yeah. but he would sure love to get those rings back. If you're in the Orlando area and uh, you're at a pawn shop and you see a Celtics championship ring from, uh, you know, what was it, 84 or 86? Hey, get that back to, to our guy, Greg Kite, who joined us on the program last season uh, coming into town to uh, join us on Alumni Day and celebrate yeah, that 81 national awful. title team. That's tough, man. That's tough. Okay, coming up, what would a win tomorrow against St. Mary's mean? We'll break down the implications of this big game as BYU Sports Nation continues. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, live from Studio B. On this Friday, the day before, the Cougars and Gales duke it out tomorrow night. So let's discuss this. What would a win tomorrow mean for BYU, Dip? I think it would vindicate a hard week of practice that they've had this whole week just to get ready. For no game tomorrow. Thursday for they, either team, by the yeah, way. They know what's wrong with them. They know where they're falling short. And so hopefully they attack that every day in practice. And if they win tomorrow, that will validate what they got going moving forward. I think that's the biggest thing. They're not going to win the league. Um, yeah. They're not going to the big dance. Bubble team for the NIT, but they're going to have to really start playing better. Yep. But this could just be, hey, we had a weakness. We worked on it. We went out, and the result is we can beat a good team. BYU is what it is. Um, and they've, they've shown they can beat Creighton, Utah, Dayton, and those are some really nice wins, right? Um, they can also lose to a San Francisco team. They can also lose to UVU in South Dakota. We'd like to think that BYU's past the South Dakota version of itself. But I, I don't think that you can uh, say, hey, just because BYU's playing at home, they beat St. Mary's. This is the toughest game on the schedule right now, according to all the metrics. Uh, net six, Ken Palm seven? You kidding me? 
Like, you could say Duke is coming in, and that's the level, metrically, that St. Mary's is on right now of some of the top teams in the country. BYU's certainly got to take care of the ball, like you mentioned uh, early in the program. Got to shoot the three well. It feels like BYU doesn't shoot three well. They don't typically win. But at home, maybe there's something that BYU summoned against Gonzaga, albeit a different matchup, that BYU can, can get in this one. Haven't heard that it's a sellout like we heard with Gonzaga. Certainly right. BYU losing last week twice. It's disappointing. But this team is still trying to play its way into the NIT. And when you don't play in at least the NIT, that's not acceptable for BYU basketball in the season. Right. I am okay with every couple of years having an off year if that was the sacrifice needed to get to a great place. BYU needed 2017 to get Zach Wilson because they fired the offensive staff. You don't uh, invest in a certain quarterback, and then you go and get a new one named Zach, and that produces 2020. Like, it was worth it. It stunk in the moment, but it was worth it. So hopefully, uh, if that doesn't work out for BYU this year, that somewhere in the next three years we go, well, in the 2022-23 season, look at Jackson Robinson and Dallin Hall and Rich Saunders cutting their teeth so that as juniors and seniors in the Big 12, maybe this is it. Maybe we're in the middle of that. I sure hope we can say that in a couple years. But tomorrow, in the near future, BYU can certainly compete with St. Mary's. They just have to do something they haven't been consistent at, which is taking care of the ball and being efficient on offense. Because St. Mary's is so good on both ends. The frightening thing for St. Mary's coming into this game is uh, no one cares about them. They just barely got ranked in the top 25 and their net's been high all season long. They're disrespected by being a 22. They, they should be like 13. BYU on national TV, and they need to pound the Cougars. That's what St. Mary's needs. Yeah. So they both have things to accomplish tomorrow night. One's heading this way, and the other's just trying to hang on. Um, and, and so it makes it intriguing. you got to watch. A team that plays defense is going to have a shot, and both these teams play defense. Absolutely. And join us tomorrow night at 9 Eastern for the pregame show. Uh, BYSN game day as we'll get you ready for that one. If you missed any of our BYU TV sports interviews, shows, or games uh, and just want to watch them again, uh, you're not alone. You can go to BYUSN.com or download the BYU TV app and get all the BYU TV sports content on demand. You can watch football games on there as well. You watch the Cougars beat the Gales last couple of years on there. And coming up, a rising shout-out to a legend in college basketball. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Nation's on demand. Download the free BYU TV and BYU radio apps or listen to the podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review. All right, a little fantasy basketball uh, update. Look ahead to the weekend. One of three games down with women's hoops at St. Mary's going on last night. Spencer uh, got a nice performance from Nani Falatea last night. Yeah, yeah, but he's in big trouble. <laughs> he's not going to win a single season, a single week in this. T- just like you didn't win a single week Until in the, the regular season yeah. of football. Yeah. I'm, a, po- a, I'm a kind of a postseason performer, Dave. I don't know if you knew that about me. <laughs> that's, why. Uh, that's why I won the bowl game. No, um, I, I'm going to lose at some point. I'm going to lose. At some I point. don't know if you are. We'll see. Look at his um, roster. Yeah. Hopefully everyone stays healthy. Yeah, so Nani had a 38 Parbs game. Point assist, rebound, block, steals. Remember, two men, two women, one opponent. Um, he's got Mitchell Saxon of St. Mary's. I've got uh, Aiden Mahaney, who's going to be the newcomer of the NWCC. Tremendous. So we got a, we got a big matchup there. I'm up by six. Typically, he's needed like a 30-point lead 
to feel comfortable. How you got Gustin and Foose on your roster? Great draft. Should be investigated. I'm a great GM. <laughs> that should be investigated. I'm a great GM. <laughs> Except in football. I was a terrible GM. Football, you were terrible. That was awful. <laughs> Our question of the day is this. Are you sad to see the rivalry with St. Mary's end? Our elite voice of the day is presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated at a, uh, AJ Andresen. In a word, no. In two words, absolutely not. In three words, not a chance. In four, not on your life. Good riddance. <laughs> I'm wondering if that's how everybody feels. I, I think... Um, probably. Probably. And it's less about St. Mary's, and it's more about the Big 12, and again, my real estate analogy, like the new neighborhood, the upgraded house. You're excited for the, the new build. Do you miss the Muni when you're going to the country club? The no. Muni? You don't miss the Muni golf course. You got the country club. Oh, the club mini golf, golf course? course? The Muni, the municipal, the one municipal. everyone gets Municipal. Sorry, yeah. I'm not in like you That's on right. that. Yeah. Not, <laughs> you miss that? Not at all. I was like, mini You golf? just play it because you can't play the other ones? Yes. Yeah, you're moving on to the club. Yeah, one, one day I will in real life. <laughs> uh, for now, it's not that good. Okay, today's Rise and Shout Out is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Longtime college basketball analyst Billy Packer has passed away at the age of 82. He covered 34 straight Final Fours Incredible. for NBC and CBS between 1974 and 2008. For many of us, he was the face of college basketball. When he showed up, it meant the game was a little more important than the other one. You experienced that in Vegas at mm -hmm. a UNLV-Georgetown game. Jim Nance, who uh, worked with Packer, called him one of the greatest analysts in the history of sports television. Um, I, I remember Billy Packer as a kid watching uh, Final Fours. Like, right. He just made the game really exciting. Um, he and Jim, uh, young Jim Nance, right? Uh, and Billy was 82, by the way. He also he called uh, Kresmer Chosic, one of the greatest players in BYU history, the first great international player in college basketball. I thought that was a keen observation, that sort of put Kresmer in this unique spot. Um, and for those who are kind of younger who don't know Kresh, it was amazing. And Billy Packer understood the uh, the incredible nature of what Kresh did early on. And now it's a very international yeah. game. He put Kresh in perspective, mm -hmm. which is why he's in the Hall of Fames. Speaking of Kreshmer Chosic. BYU has three dudes in the Basketball Hall of Fame. Yeah. It's Stan Watts, it's Danny Inge, and it's Kreshmer Chosic. Pretty yeah. special. Billy Packer was, will, will not be replaced. Uh, There's just some guys that yep. walk in and go, it's important, he's here. Yep. And uh, anyway, our, our, our wishes, best wishes to his family. Our thanks to today's guest, Alex Jensen. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. This and all of our shows are on demand at BYUSN.com. So our dentist ran out of time. For Dave, I'm Jerem. Shout out to Tina Gunn-Robinson. See you tomorrow for pregame, 9 Eastern on BYU TV.